Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam, Renee, and Kenny. I am Renee, she is Tam, and that is my man, Front Row Kenny. How are you guys doing? I'm doing most excellent. Let me tell you guys something. I have a secret. Oh, you had a secret? What's <laughs> Do up? tell. Do tell. I'm so excited. There's only one more race left. Okay, nobody's sharing in my excitement? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. You know, it's been a long season. It's been a long 38 weeks. (laughs) I will say that. It's been a long, long one, but a a pretty interesting season. I don't know how you guys feel. I feel the same. I'm like, oh my God, I'm excited. The season's almost over. We got one more raise. (laughs) And I think what's going to happen, ask me in about two or three weeks, I'm going to be going through withdrawals. It's a (laughs) catch-22 because I think, like Renee said, I think it was the last episode or episode before last, you get so drained by, I think it hits us every year at the 25-week mark. We are a little excited about the playoffs, and then it just starts to drag. Yeah, that sounds like it. That's exactly it is what it is. And I am dragging to the point where I'm like, okay. I need to get off this ride and get on a roller coaster <laughs> where some excitement. No, just kidding. I don't know. That was a bad analogy. But how about those cowboys? Oh, man. Did y'all like that transition? Look at that. Yeah, How are you going to do that, that to That was us? really nice. <laughs> That's so rude. <laughs> hey, your, your bum coach is rude. Yeah. You know what? That's fair. But hey, shout out to my cousin on the Vikings, though. Shout out Anthony Harris. So shout out to him, even though we lost. But still, shout out to my cousin. Wait, who did you root for? The Vikings or the Cowboys? I mean, of course, I had to root for the Cowboys. But, you know, my cousin happened to break up one of those last plays, unfortunately. So it was kind of love-hate. Yeah, a love-hate day. Yeah. I think I saw your mom post something about that on Facebook, Kenny. She probably did. Yeah, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be surprised. And for those who are wondering, I do not follow Kenny's mom, but Kenny's mom (laughs) is proud of her boys. So sometimes if she tags Kenny in something, it comes up on my um, Facebook feed. And I'm not even really on Facebook like that. (laughs) Okay, Renee, how was your party weekend? A weekend was actually really, uh, really nice, uh, believe it or not. It wasn't as crazy as it normally is, as most of our listeners and you guys are used to me uh, having a, a crazy weekend. So Friday, I had two shows and that took me all night. So after that, I literally went home, passed out. I was just exhausted from the day because I actually had to work half a day earlier that day on Friday. Saturday, I actually had a dinner date and uh, that was pretty relaxed. We went to a movie afterwards and uh, we got to go see this movie uh, that's just out called Midway. If you guys have seen the previews of it, it's basically about part of uh, the whole Pearl Harbor war during World War II, the Pearl Harbor attack. And I totally recommend this movie. This movie was fantastic. I am neither going to admit or deny that I probably cried twice. So 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that the one with Tom Hanks or no? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, but uh, this one is uh, just a, a, a war movie about Pearl Harbor, World War II, but it's about specifically Midway that had something to do uh, with beating the Japanese uh, during World War II. And it was absolutely fantastic. You guys definitely should check it out. I totally recommend it. And any of our listeners that do listen to this podcast, I totally recommend that you guys go check it out. It's a very touching, moving movie, and it, and it was a really good job by actors and directors that made that movie go. Before we move on to Kenny's Weekend, I do have a question for you, Renee. What's going on with the young lady that you went on a date with? Oh, okay. So this is, so this is weird. This is a side note on top of that. So this is a, a young lady that I, I've seen and gone out with many a times before. We just don't get to see each other very often. We live pretty far from each other. However, this particular night, we went on a dinner date because we happened to be kind of close in the same area. So she says, hey, are you busy? And I said, no, actually, I have, I have the night off and I really didn't have any plans. So she goes, well, she goes, let's do dinner with my parents at five and then we can go do whatever we want after that. And I said, oh, okay, the parents. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> so now I will tell you guys, I have met her parents before. So it's not like this is the first time that I've met her parents. It's so, getting real. Yeah, I know. I'm telling you. <laughs> so we went to go have dinner and lo and behold, she goes at the dinner table. She goes, hey, what, what, what do you want to do? You want to go watch a movie? And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go watch a movie. Well. Her aunt and her uncle happened to be at the same dinner because they were celebrating her uncle's uh, birthday at the time. So her aunt goes, oh, well, what movie you guys are going to go watch? And she goes, I don't know. She goes, we're thinking about this Midway. And all of a sudden, her mom and her dad, uh, and it's her stepdad, by the way, they go, you know what? We wanted to watch that movie. You know what? Why don't we all go to the movie and just watch it together? And she goes, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And I'm going, wait a minute. I'm looking at... <laughs> I'm looking at the young lady that I'm, I'm going out with. I go, did they just invite themselves on our date? And sure enough, here we are walking into the movie theater, all eight of us. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. And I just, I couldn't believe that, that her whole family just invited themselves on our, on our movie date. And <laughs> that, I, I got to tell you, that was a first for me. And uh, it was quite interesting to say the least. Well, there you have it. And I don't want to put Kenny on blast, but Kenny also went it. on a date. You knew it was coming. <laughs> what? You did? I did. Yeah, I actually did on uh, last Thursday. It was All pretty right. good. It was pretty good. Was, I don't want him to talk about date. it because oh, it's okay. still new. So the, I don't whole the whole family didn't come on, on the date, though. No, 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 no. Family yeah. haven't got involved yet. I'm not in your, in your shoes right now, but I will say everything was well. A second date will definitely be happening. So, yeah, that's good. Okay, well, now that we caught up on everybody's weekend, love life, and... Excuse me, let me say third, actually, not second. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that third time is a charm. Just don't go to fourth base. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> was that good or bad advice? Uh, I don't think that was bad advice. I don't um, know what that was, but yeah. I don't know. She's a cool girl, though. I'll say that. I really enjoy Well, hopefully she album, doesn't know so. you have a podcast and she wants to <laughs> snoop and listen. <laughs> so we won't say her name. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into some NASCAR talk because it went down or it didn't go down in Phoenix, however you want to look at it. But we were at Phoenix and let's just keep it 100. The race was a sleeper. As in, I believe I've wanted to just crawl up underneath the covers and go to bed. Not because I was tired, but because the race was that tired. At least I thought it was. 
Well, I guess I wasn't alone because we took a poll with a hundred less than a hundred laps to go at Phoenix, and most people thought it was a snoozer. And Gluck's weekly poll, how was the race? I think the last time I checked, it was eighty-one percent said that it was a dud as well. So it wasn't just me. Yeah, I was looking on Twitter, and um, I felt the same way uh, as you did, Tam. And from what I judged in by reading on what was going on on Twitter and just social media in general. It seems like the consensus was that everybody agreed that I think everybody took an, a long nap during at least some portion of that race. Kenny, you didn't have an opportunity to sleep because you were working, but <laughs> I'm sure you would have agreed if you could, but don't answer that. <laughs> okay, do should we just skip through the race and get to some NASCAR talk? Sure. How I'm going to do that is, Kenny, did you want to add something? Yeah, I just wanted to say something about the poll and at least what I noticed the trend of the polls are typically, I think if you look at it, let's just say Chase Elliott had won that race, but it was still, everything else still happened as is, right? On the what if theory, right? Oh, so you're saying that is about the popularity of the driver who won or didn't win. I think it makes a huge difference because if you look in the comments of Jeff Gluck's poll, you notice a few people only saying, yeah, the only reason why I said yes is because my driver won an example Denny Hamlin this time. I think sometimes in, in cases like that, it can be very driver dependent because going back to another one that was really bad, which was in July at Daytona when it got rained out and, and Justin Haley, of all people, won the race, right? Nothing against him but you know in a, a car like spire you would never expect that to happen but if chase had done that i think that would still be different it just all depends sometimes i think let me say this i don't care if tony stewart jeff gordon carl edwards greg biffle who else am i missing that retired or even pablo montoya if they all came back and finished one two three four five and one hit the jet dryer i still would have thought that race was a snooze fest <laughs> And that's fair, but you know, some people unfortunately don't exactly think that way. I wish it was better though. I do. I'm a little torn with this being the final next year. I'm not going to lie because I love Homestead. I just think that Phoenix is not necessarily a destination. Well, Phoenix technically is if you're going to do the spa thing, but most NASCAR fans aren't going to do the spa thing. I personally think that the race should always end in a city that is a destination that has more to offer than just a track that's in the middle of no place with a Motel 6 and a Holiday Inn. But that's just my opinion. And clearly nobody cares about my opinion other than the good listeners of All Turns No Breaks and you guys. (laughs) Okay, let's break down the race and move on. Denny Hamlin, my pick to win. And I had to say that My pick, and I'm going to say it again because it just sounds so good, my pick to win the NASCAR championship this year, Denny Hamlin, he came in first place. And I was so excited because he had to win to get in and he won and got in. I'm not going to break down the top 10 at Phoenix, but what I will do is break down the round of eight playoff drivers and where they place. Ironically. Seven of the eight drivers all came in the top 10. Denny Hamlin won the race, moved on to the championship four. Kyle Busch came in second. He also moved on to the championship four. Ryan Blaney came up short in third place. Kyle Larson came in fourth. 
Kevin Harvick, fifth. Martin Truex Jr., sixth. Joey Logano, ninth. And Joey was Denny's real competition because if Hamlin would have came in second, Joey would have got in the playoffs based on points. But yeah. we know that didn't happen. That was pretty frustrating for Joey. I know, I know he, he had to be frustrated. Yeah, he'll get over it. And Chase Elliott, <laughs> it just did not end well for Chase. It was 39 drivers in the race at Phoenix, and he was the last man. I mean, he came in 39th. That was that. His day was done quick, fast, and in a hurry. So that is your round of eight. Oh, and if I didn't complete my thought, I'm going to complete it now. Harvick and Truex, not that you guys don't already know, also advanced to the championship four. So our championship four is Denny Hamlin. Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, and True X Jr. We have three Joe Gibbs racing drivers, and we have one Stuart Haas racing driver. That sounded weird. We have one SHR driver. How about that? So, yeah, so that is what's going on with the championship four. It's going to be a good one. I think it's safe to say that a <laughs> it's a three and four chance that a Joe Gibbs driver will win the race. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You know what, though? Like, if I had not picked Denny Hamlin to win, I would really go with Kevin Harvick because I feel like Kevin Harvick is sneaky and he's quietly doing his thing without much attention, if that makes sense. And, and I think, uh, Tam and, and Kenny, uh, Kevin Kevin Harvick is one of those drivers, uh, and especially this year, where he hasn't been great all year, but he's like one of those athletes that don't have to be great all the time. They're great when they need to be. And Kevin Harvick is literally a complete example of that. This year has has been a complete example of that. He hasn't had the greatest year. We've seen him have several great years uh, before this particular year in, in itself, but he's just been great when he needs. He shows up when he needs to show up, and that's Kevin Harvick. Just to add another little fun fact, and I'm sure you guys already know this, but three of the four drivers are already champions. Denny Hamlin is the only person that is in the race that is not or has not won a championship in the past. It should be interesting to see how it all unfolds. I have a question for both of you. Do you think the winner of Miami is going to be one of the four drivers? I do. I actually do. I think out of all four of those guys, they've all historically ran well at Homestead. I think, obviously, without a doubt, to me, the best of them is probably, the best is probably Truex to me, as far as the way he's he has ran at Homestead, even when he didn't win the championship, when he almost and should have won the damn war against Joey Logano last year. He ran really well then, and when he won his championship, he was just on rails. And I think Kevin Harvick can also be in that in that um, same sentiment because just like what you were saying, Renee, I think that when he may not be necessarily at the top or have the most wins in the series so far or out of the championship four, the thing about him is, and my friend Dontre pointed this out as well, is that when they load off the truck fast, like they did at Texas, they are on it and they're going to win when they're on it like that. So if he comes off the truck rolling fast on in practice, better believe it, that race pace is going to be just about the same. Renee, what are your thoughts? I think that probably still going to stick with Denny Hamlin as the guy that you also picked, Tam. But I, I certainly do believe that. I think if there is one guy that wins 
the race in Miami that is not one of the four, it's going to have to be somebody that, like a veteran, somebody like, I'm just going to throw out a name, but somebody like a Keslowski who's uh, been in the championship before that, that has a title before. I'm not saying Jimmy Johnson by any means, but but I certainly do believe that one of the four is going to win it and it won't be somebody else. And I think it, and if it is not that I'm giving my predictions now, but I'm still going to say it's going to be Denny Hammond. Okay, well, we're going to jump back into some championship four talk a little later. What I do want to move on to or move back to is Phoenix and your boy, Ryan Blaney. Kenny, do you want to take this one? The whole yes. Blaney Weaver situation? <laughs> yeah. I guess I should add is that, well, I guess I'm asking you to take it, but I'm going to tell you what happened. Weaver. Go ahead, Kenny. It's, it's all yours. <laughs> no, it's no problem at all. Um, little miscommunication, obviously, on Twitter between Matt Weaver and, and Ryan Blaney. Matt Weaver had t- taken a picture of Ryan Blaney had walking away, but in reality, he, as he quoted, I just went to go take a piss. That's exactly where he went to go. And then he came back because I was confused myself when I saw him do TV interviews and everything else. I'm like, wait, how did that happen? So then, of course, just moments after the fact that that happened, um, Blaney decided to to actually respond back to him, which, (laughs) again, everyone's starting to get a little testy at the end of the season. We're 38 weeks in or 37 weeks in, and I think everyone's just getting a little, little bit more tense, and we're ready to finish it off. And I think it wasn't the fact that he didn't do bad or anything, or that's why he was mad. I think Blaney is a pretty even-tempered guy, and Matt also apologized, so it got blown up for like a hot second and then it just went and deflated essentially. So a weird exchange and two people I never thought would have an exchange, especially Blaney. I didn't think he would. Well, speaking of blow up, let's talk about Bubba because NASCAR blew up his pockets with that 50K fine. And again, this is kind of like last week's snooze, but because it came after the podcast, we're going to talk about it. But just briefly, I'm sure everyone wants to know my thoughts on it. I'm just going to drop one little thing and I'm going to leave it at that. I just find it ironic that the only black driver has a lot of drama. I'm not saying that I'm for what happened. I'm against what happened. All I'm saying is that he has a lot of drama to be the only African-American driver on the circuit. And I'm not pulling the race car because I'm not. I'm just saying. And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's pretty fair too, Tam and Kenny. Um, not sure how you feel about it, but uh, you know, it, it just seems like uh, he's more. I don't want to use the word scrutinized, but it seems like he just has a bigger spotlight on him because of that. And it's either going to be a good thing or a bad thing. But this particular year, it just seems like it's been more negative than positive. Have you? Have both of y'all felt like it's been more negative than positive? Because I surely have. Well, before Kenny jumps in, I just want to add one thing. If it would have been Bubba in it with Weaver, that little tweet exchange about he was going to take a piss, blah, 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 that would have been an enormous story because it's Bubba. But because it was Blaney, nobody said much about it. That's all I'm going to say. So go ahead, Kenny. Yeah, so just off the the thoughts on this whole thing. So when it happened... And I saw the video initially told, I think it was Dustin Long, if I'm not mistaken. Um, shout out to Dustin, too. But uh, he had basically admitted what had happened, right? 
And I don't think most drivers, even though it may happen on several occasions, which I do know of, it does. I think saying it directly to the media is where the problem can lie. And it was just easy. I mean, it, it was pretty easy for them to go in and like, OK, well, guess what? You said it. You admitted it. So here's the fine. That's essentially how that kind of went. It does suck that it happened that way. And again, I just think if he had never said anything about it, then it probably would have been known because a lot of drivers have complained about that happening quite a few times. Like I remember Larson had said this has happened somewhere else. I can't remember what track it was, but I remember he mentioned that I can't believe such and such had actually spun around and and did it on purpose. And obviously, sometimes you do know that when that's what's happening. So it's a tough deal. And I think there is already like a ton of pressure. I'm sure that's a hell of a position to be in, to be the lone man like that, legit in a sport like this. I'm sure it's, it's something way on you each and every week. I haven't heard any stories. I don't know what people say to him on a weekly basis still to this day, because I know it has happened in the past, but I'm sure that's a lot. And then just having to deal with the way the season has gone, it hasn't really gone his way, not as much as he's wanted to so far, but, and it's going to be tough moving forward as well. So rough 2019 season for him, honest to God. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not going to address whether he was wrong or right. I'm just going to drop that little tidbit is that is always something. Okay, what else happened in NASCAR? Going back to the championship four, it's crazy that neither one of the Penske drivers, and I always forget about Ryan Blaney, but Ryan Blaney, so out of the three Penske drivers, none of them are in the final four. So that means Penske, on the heels of announcing that he was taking over the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, as well as the IndyCar Series, will not be competing for a championship this year in NASCAR, but he's won all the championships across racing this year. Yeah, he's done a fantastic job. I mean, let's just kick it off with him. He got Simon Pagano in victory lane for the Indy 500, so that was a big-time win, of course. Then on Saturday is most recently Scott McLaughlin, who is a VA supercar driver, which if anybody on this podcast has watched it, and if you haven't watched it, I really recommend that series. That is really one of the best racing series out there right now that involves like touring cars or sports cars, however you want to go about it. Great series. He also won the IMSA championship in the prototype class with Juan Pablo Montoya, who we also mentioned earlier, Dane Cameron, and also Simon Pagano, who has also spent some time in that car this year. And of course, I can't forget this one, and I know you ain't going to forget this one. Your man, Joseph Newgarden, won the IndyCar Championship as well. So That's right. Yep, that's right, know, Kenny. <laughs> he had a big-time year regardless, but I can't imagine if he swept up five of those championships like that. That just says right there how good Penske is and how much he really has um, dove into his teams and made, made sure he has the best of the best when it comes to drivers. Yeah, you could say that again. Before we go on, I just want to remind listeners that we have one more podcast left for sure, but maybe two, because we may do a podcast after NASCAR Champions Week, but for sure we will do a podcast next week after the championship when Denny Hamlin is crowned the 2019 NASCAR Monster, <laughs> Monster Energy NASCAR <laughs> Cup Series champ. Correct. Yeah. Okay. But even though we're not going to be doing any more podcasts because we're taking a break, we will be on social and we will be giving you guys updates on the Twitter. And we're going to go hard on Instagram during the off season. So if you're not following us on Instagram, 
Check us out at Turns No Breaks. You can also find us on the Twitter as well as the Facebook. There's nothing going on on Facebook for whatever reason, but we're there. Should we get on TikTok? Maybe next year we'll get on TikTok. Well, yeah, we're we're on, we have a TikTok account. Yeah, We're on everything else. Might but as well. we're just not posting. <laughs> I haven't opened the Snapchat. Uh, what is the Snapchat? I forgot the name of it. I haven't opened Snapchat in a thousand years. But saying all that to say, just wanted to remind you guys that we have one, maybe two more episodes left. But we will be on social, so check us out. On that note, I do want to talk about, which we haven't done in a while, the fan comment of the week. We ran a couple of polls. We actually did our weekly NASCAR talk. And one of the polls that we ran was a simple question. We asked, who will be the 2019 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup champion? Hashtag NASCAR playoffs, hashtag championship four. 42% of you guys said Kevin Harvick. 27% said Martin Truex Jr. 19% said Denny Hamlin. And only 12% said Kyle Busch. Very interesting considering a lot of polls that I saw where this question floated around after Phoenix. A lot of people really think that Kevin Harvick is going to notch another championship underneath his belt. I don't know if that was correct to say notch, grant, whatever. He will yeah, have notch another. Is fine. Okay, cool. Notch another championship on his belt. I'm not going with Kevin Harvick because I'm picking Denny Hamlin. What else happened on the Twitter? Because I'm going to find a answer to one of our questions during NASCAR talk. Oh, this is interesting. So we posted NASCAR silly season is at a high. Rumor has it Daniel Suarez won't return to SHR. Where would you like to see him land if this is true? What team? Hashtag NASCAR talk. Somebody had the nerves to say front row. What's available in cup? RCR, Xfinity. He can't go back down because once you go to cup, like who goes back down? Someone else, and this was Charles Bowles, he chimed in and said, hasn't really impressed me with two top-tier teams. Ouch, that one's kind of like a backhanded comment. Mick Rose, his user is GoDucks42 underscore Mick. He says, RCR would be a good spot. The driver lineup there doesn't have the resume that other teams have, and he could stand out. That's an interesting way to look at it. I don't know. I just, it doesn't seem like he's coming back. But again, it's just a rumor. Maybe he will go back to SHR. But anything less, if he's not going to Penske or to Joe Gibbs, it's a downgrade. And clearly he's not going to Penske or Joe Gibbs. Although, wait, Penske only has three cars, right? I I was about to say, yeah. I mean, he could possibly uh, move to Penske if he wanted to because they only have three cars. How ideal would would that be? I doubt that one, actually. Well, because technically speaking, they have four cars on a technicality since they run that Wood Brothers car out of their shop, literally. So they're at capacity when it comes to Cup. They've got their four cars. But for the comment on front row, as much as it sounds like as much as a downgrade compared to Haas equipment, obviously... It is a likely destination spot, if that is the case, is what, at least from what I have heard, I think that may actually be the case. So who knows? I mean, there's still a lot, it's a lot to be done though. So it just really all depends on, and I hate to say this, but it's true. 
it's going to really come down to who's got that right amount of money and who's going to spend it. That's what it's going to really come down to. That just sucks because you think about it, if you already been at, and not that drivers 10 years down the line don't go back to teams that they raced for 10 years ago, but if you look at his immediate future, it's not looking very bright because he's been in top-tier equipment. Think about Clint, just like him. He was at RCR. He That's where he got his good start at. Then that fell through. He went to H. Scott and was in pretty much junk equipment, so to speak, and he had the same experience as Kurt Busch did for about a year or two years, and then he moved to Haas. So while it sounds bad, there is obviously that possibility. And then also just adding to that, if it's for a year, it may not still be as bad still. Because but where's there for him to go? Not to cut you off, Kenny, but in all honesty, where is there for him to go? Well, remember, every a lot of these teams are going to be on one-year deals for 2020. So 2021 is where you're going to see more movement. Okay, but where would he go? I, I, all I'm saying, Kenny, is that he's been it, at some top-tier teams. So where is he going? What happens. It just all depends on what happens so you think he's gonna end up going back to Stuart house or going back to joe gibbs like i personally think he's gonna stay at house that's my personal guess i think because he has the most money i don't think he had he doesn't have the issue that cole custer may run into versus him i think cole has a set amount of money well obviously because his dad is over ops on that team so that makes that easy and they throw house on the car because he likes him and it's easy Suarez already has his own money. Tony likes him. So it seems like he's in the driver's seat. But again, if something falls through, then that could completely shift everything and that could make Cole Custer move up. So it just really depends on what may happen. Okay, well, we shall see. The last fan comment that I want to dive into is actually a good question that we posted on the Twitter doing NASCAR talk. And this was a question that came from none other than our front row Kenny. We posted the question, this weekend will be the final race of the decade for NASCAR. Let that sink in. What's your favorite race or moment this decade? And we put in parentheses 2010 to 2019, just in case someone wasn't able or wasn't capable of understanding the decade started in 2010 and it's ending in December of this year. Some of the responses that we received were, Great and Bun, his user is Smooth Operator, and that's with two eights. He chimed in, of course, because he has two eights in his username. He chimed in and said, Junior's second Daytona 500 and his Martinville win. Hashtag Junior Nation. Larry Lee, user LBLEE58, he says, 2015 when Kyle Busch won the championship. And let's see what else we had. And of course, you can tell. Most of these tweets are motivated by people's favorite drivers. <laughs> <laughs> That's not surprising. <laughs> right? El Cacti Died Pedro, his user is Cactus Pete. He chimed in and said, Homestead 2011, after Smoke got the hole in the nose, in quotation marks, boy, they're really going to be mad when we kick their ass after this, unquote, and then doing just that. So I can go on and on, but oh, here's another one from Bill Stein back the third. He says when Jeff Gordon won at Indianapolis in 2014, of course, like I said, a lot of these are driver motivated and related. Last one, 
Mo underscore Outlaw 41. Of course, you know who he's a fan of. He says, and Kurt Busch winning the Daytona 500. Wow. Some pretty good ones, I got to say, even if they're solely driver driven. Mine actually isn't from my favorite driver. I think the 11 Ford 400, which is the homestead race between Tony Stewart and Carl Edwards, that is bar none the best damn battle of this decade for the championship, without a doubt. I think so. Ironically, I can't even give you a moment because it all runs together for me. I have some great experiences at the track. I have some great moments screaming at the TV, but I can't tell you what year any of it is because it's all a blur. I don't really have great, well, I don't know if it's short-term memory or long-term memory. I don't remember (laughs) much from like high school and stuff like that. So I don't know. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe mine would probably have to be, Tam, when when we uh, were able to get to, uh, at the beginning of the season a couple of years ago with Valvoline, and they sent us to Daytona, and uh, we got to uh, spend a whole day, or actually the whole weekend, rather, and then we got to interview Jimmy Johnson at the time. Oh, yeah. And then we got to interview Bowman, Alex Bowman, before he, he was actually, uh, you know, full-time, and I think he had taken over a couple of races for Junior that year, and then we got to interview him. That was just a really, a really big part of uh, the thing that sticks out in my mind more than anything, and that probably would be my, my memory that I, I like the most. Yeah, that's a great memory. I don't know. Should I just revert back to my time hanging out <laughs> with... Well, no, I mean, I have a lot of moments. So probably one of the coolest things would be hanging out with... DW, Daryl Waltrip, and I think this was probably about eight years ago, so maybe this is that, that's in this decade, but hanging out with DW at his shop, eating catfish and hush puppies and french fries, and he was telling the story about how the day Dale Jr. passed away at Daytona, so that's a memory, but I have wow. so many memories and so many we moments. We at and- the Roval, too. Let's add that, too. That was cool. Yeah. So, you know. Saw the first Roval race. The first Roval. There's so much that has happened in the last 10 years of me being on this wild roller coaster called NASCAR. But, oh, my God, I feel like we're doing, like, a vi- the end of the season <laughs> podcast. <laughs> okay, let's take it back up a notch. On that note, is it time for predictions? I think it might be. Okay, time for some predictions, Renee. It's time for Tam and Renee's race predictions. Who you got to win at Miami Homestead for the final race of the decade, as well as the final NASCAR finale at Homestead? All right, here we go for the whole enchilada. Homestead. I am going to stick with my guy, Denny Hamlin, number 11. He is going to win it all, Tam. Kenny, the guy has done so much this year. He has not always been a consistent, but he's uh, in the last top four, and he's going to win it. I feel it. I'm going to stick with him. I've been sticking with him this whole year. And if he doesn't win it, my alternative pick to win at Homestead is going to be none other than the number four, Kevin Harvick. I kind of wanted to go with Kyle Busch, but I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick as my alternative pick. But my man, Denny Hamlin, the number 11, is going to win 
the whole enchilada at Homestead. That's my pick, and I'm sticking with them. Okay, Kenny, who you got? All right, I cannot believe we are here at the final set of predictions for the Believe for it, the brother. <laughs> Unreal. I can't believe we've been going since February. It's crazy to think about. But you know what? Guess what? It's time to roll on. So with that being said, rolling to Homestead Miami this weekend, I am actually going to go with Martin Truex Jr. to get his second Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series title at Homestead. And then my alternative pick, I got a bottle of champagne on this. Shout out to mom. Denny Hamlin is my alternative pick. So I'm going all Joe Gibbs, and I think it will be a perfect year for Gibbs to get it. He started it off winning the Daytona 500 with Denny. Why not cap the season off with a championship? So with that being said, how about you, Miss Tam? What are your picks? Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin, uh-huh. and Denny Hamlin. Because uh-huh. Denny was my pick before the Daytona 500 to win, Yep, and he is my pick now to win. So I'm going to pick him to win Homestead as well as the championship. And my alternative is the lone wolf, lone ranger, lone Stuart Haas racing driver, Kevin Harvick. So those are my picks. And as Renee likes to say, I'm sticking to them. All right. Well, there you guys go. And what are your picks for the final race of the season? Let us know what they are. Hit us up on social media across the board at Turns No Breaks. We are here. Finally, the end. But this is not the last podcast. We're going to have one or possibly two more for Tam, for Front Row Kenny, and myself. This is a kind of almost bittersweet to the end, though, you guys, and both will agree. But uh, we appreciate you uh, giving us the support for another full year. Thank you once again. And uh, please let us know what your picks are. For Tam, for Kenny, myself, we will see you at least next week to discuss the champion, discuss who is going to win it right here on another episode of All Turns, No Breaks. Bye. It's championship weekend, y'all. We going to Miami. Let's get it. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 